are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to a crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As the Steelers get ready to take on the Seahawks, we have Corbin Smith from Locked On Seahawks here. Myself, Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, bringing it to you for a crossover Thursday episode. Corbin, how you been, my man? Well, I can say I've been a little bit better. This has been kind of a rough (laughs) uh, fast week here for uh, everybody in Seahawks Nation. All the 12 still reeling from... uh, Number three, getting hurt last week. Everybody thought he was Iron Man, and unfortunately, even Iron Man gets banged up occasionally, but otherwise doing quite well. (laughs) Listen, man, I've seen Russell Wilson. I've always been amazed by how much he moves around, and he puts himself at risk to make big plays. And how he just he never got hurt. And, and again, and this one wasn't even that. It was just a bad luck timing of letting a ball go. And then, you know, Fox having to play it over and over how many ways his finger got bent backwards. But I mean, just geez, that was this horrible luck um, for, uh, for, for Russell Wilson. Um, but obviously, Corbin, that's the big story in Seattle right now. The, the Seahawks, you get Russell Wilson. Wilson he's always he's been kind of carrying the team. You know, you ha- you got playmakers with DK Metcalf, and you want to make you know make plays with that. But then this injury happens, and all of a sudden, people forgot Geno Smith was even in the NFL. He comes out, does throw a touchdown last week. But Corbin, what's the sense around the team right now with just with with, with the backup quarterback situation and how much kind of I guess you know how much how much how much of a leash is he is is Geno Smith going to get with this offense? Well, he's going to have a leash that's at least three weeks long because they don't have anybody else that can mm-hmm. play quarterback that's on their roster. I mean, Jake Luton is going to be the backup, um, but if you saw him playing in Jacksonville last year, really yeah. struggled. He is a big drop-off from Geno Smith, who has started mm-hmm. a lot of games this league. And I never thought I would say this whenever the inevitable happened and Russell Wilson finally got banged up to the point where – he was going to miss a game. I mean, he had started 149 consecutive games for this team, dating back to week one of his rookie season. He had been Mr. Durable. But I never thought when this situation arrived that I would say that the quarterback situation was not Seattle's biggest worry because he would think going from Russell Wilson to the backup would be this team's biggest worry. But Geno Smith looked, and again, it was just one quarter, but He looked so confident and so comfortable. And I thought Shane Waldron looked really comfortable running his offense Mm -hmm. with Geno Smith at quarterback. And again, it was only three drives. Last one ended in interception that was not Geno Smith's fault. Tyler Lockett tripped up on his route. And I think it probably would have been a completed pass if that didn't happen. Ended up being completed to the other team. But he led them 98 yards for a touchdown. And this is a guy that, again, started a lot of games in the league. You and I both know, coming out of West Virginia, that this guy was a big time quarterback prospect. He's got a cannon arm. Yep. He's six foot five. He can move. They can run their entire playbook with him that they mm-hmm. normally want run with Russell Wilson. No mm-hmm. problem. Now, I'm not saying he's as good as Russell Wilson because clearly he's not, but he never had the weapons around him in New York that he's going to have in Seattle. And he and DK Metcalf seem to already have decent chemistry. He's going to have Lockett out there. They're going to get Gerald Everett back this week. Mm-hmm. So as big of a storyline as that is, there's 
some fascination. There's an element of fascination to this, especially considering how this last offseason played out with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. So there was talk about him potentially wanting out of town. We've never seen what this offense looks like without Russell Wilson under center since he came into the league. And for the first time since 2011, we're going to get a chance to see what that looks like. And it could end up being really bad. But if Geno Smith plays like he did in that game on Thursday night, the Seahawks have to feel fairly confident that they can put up enough points that as long as their defense is able to pick things up, that they have a chance to win several games here without Russell Wilson in the lineup. Of course, I mentioned a big if there with that defense. The defense seems to be a, a struggling point for the Seahawks, but to be fair, the offense has been a struggling point for Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger came in the first several weeks not looking very sharp, um, you know, kind of being inconsistent with his reads and his progressions. The rushing offense didn't look like it, it had really taken a step forward like people hoped, but it was kind of like what I've been saying for, for a while, Corbin. This team, this Steelers offense wasn't going to figure the run game out immediately. They got an offensive line with two rookies starting. Uh, they have, you know, they have a, a rookie running back, a rookie tight end. That's a lot of guys to be adjusting to on top of basically the whole offensive line being reshaped after last season and an aged quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. Um, so for me, like I, I was saying for weeks, like, you know, I was saying prepare for like week eight, week nine to be right around the time the Steelers offensive line starts to figure things out. But Against the number five rushing defense going into last week, they were able to put up Najee Harris's first ever 100-yard rushing game in the NFL. They sought some some balance to the offense. Ben Roethlisberger threw two touchdowns uh, and longer touchdowns, one 18-yarder to Chase Claypool and a 50-yarder to Deontay Johnson. And it's it kind of brought some hope that's like, hey, maybe – there's some hope to the Steelers offense figuring itself out. Of course, that took a blow when they lost Juju Smith-Schuster for the rest of the season in a shoulder injury, um, and they're, they, you know, they, they went to work out Anthony Miller as a replacement. But and receiver being one of the deeper parts of the team, they have Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington as viable other options. But Juju Smith-Schuster had become Ben Roethlisberger's kind of security blanket on uh, you know, on third down passes, whenever he was in trouble, he could find Juju over the middle and he'd fight for tough yards. That's gone now. And Juju Smith-Schuster kind of took up the, a lot of those slot snaps. And now you're going to have to kind of work James Washington, Chase Claypool into that slot role a little bit more, maybe Ray Ray McLeod as well. Um, you know, and that kind of takes away from their chance to be playmakers outside the numbers. But still, the key is going to be, can the Steelers find some balance on offense? That's what everyone's going to be looking at with this team. Um, I, I think that I guess the Seahawks defense, the, the just the the problems that they've showed early they're not they they're one of the worst teams against the run and one of the worst teams against the pass early on this might be a chance for the Steelers to kind of get right and head into the bye week feeling a little bit better about themselves yeah playing this Seahawks defense through these first five weeks has really been a get right game for opponents and and it's been weird because they have had halves where they've played really well they only gave hmm. up three points to the Rams last Thursday night. Now, part wow. of that was Matthew Stafford misfired on several passes that if he would have connected on, the Rams could have put up 20 points in the first half, mm -hmm. but ended up stalling drives with him not being on his game. Second half, he started connecting on a lot of those throws. First half against Tennessee, they held the Titans to nine points, and then the Derrick Henry train took over in the second half. Really, that's been their biggest issue on run defense. They've been really good in the first half of games, and in the second half, they've just ran out of gas. They've started to have issues with their run fits. It's really shocking because this was a top-five run defense last year, and most of their key players from that team are back. 
But for whatever reason, they've really struggled in that capacity. And, of course, the pass defense, nobody should have been surprised by that because they neglected the cornerback position. The one guy they signed in free agency, they traded to the Steelers before the start of the season in Akella Witherspoon. I mean, the, the cornerback group was neglected in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise this team's given up over 350 passing yards per game. The pass rush has not been as good as advertised. They're not incorporating Jamal Adams in the pass rush, which mm-hmm. I'm still scratching my bald head wondering, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but they are not using number 33 in that capacity very much either. And so there's just been a bevy of question marks on defense. There's been very few positives. Daryl Taylor's had a nice – Rookie season in year number two, did not play at all last year due to injury. But away from him and Quandre Diggs, Bobby Wagner's still been pretty darn good in the middle. But he can only do so much by himself. They've had a lot of issues at other positions. They've lacked consistency on that side of the ball. There's talent, and it feels like one game could turn things around. Maybe this is a game they do against the Steelers. At the same time, though, watching the way Najee Harris was running the ball, how good Roethlisberger looked, the way the receivers are getting open against a really good Denver defense. At the same time, kind of wondering, oh boy, here we go again, going into Week Six. It's a it's a concern. Um, you know, obviously for the Seahawks, the Steelers got their own concerns, though. They need to kind of build off of the rushing success they had against the Broncos. Uh, we'll see if they do that, but we'll get to some matchups that could concern both teams in just a second here. Before we do that, we got to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. Save time and money by you when you use rockauto.com. And why choose to spend up to 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts that you get at a car, a chain store, or a car dealership when you go to rockauto.com? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 when you shop at the chain store, but only $216 at rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliable low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs, whether it's a car or a truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. Welcome back to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith for Locked On Seahawks. Joining forces this week with Christopher Carter of Locked On Steelers. We've got a massive matchup coming up in week six in Pittsburgh. And these teams don't normally get together very often. Usually it's a four-year gap. But since the NFL decided to give us the gift that keeps giving, which is that 17th game added to the schedule, there's now an increased chance that out-of-conference Rivals can battle against each other more frequently. So last time these teams faced off was 2019, happened to be in Pittsburgh. Now they get another chance to face off in Pittsburgh this upcoming Sunday. We talked about it last quarter. The Seahawks going to be without Russell Wilson for the first time since 2011. The Steelers have some significant injuries of their own they're dealing with. Let's talk matchups, Christopher. The Steelers, when they are on the offensive side of the football, which matchup are you most concerned about looking at that, I guess I could say, vaunted Seahawks defense? <laughs> I mean, the th- problem for me is a lot of times 
the Steelers, the Steelers' uh, offense, and particularly Ben Roethlisberger, gets in its own way. There's plenty of times where, where they're playing, and you think, "Oh man, like this is an opportunity for you." I mean, against the Packers, there were open guys all the, all over the field, and Ben Roethlisberger just wasn't taking advantage of them. Um, so I'd say if I was to look at anybody, it'd be the off-ball guy, the talented off-ball guys for the Seahawks, whether it's Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, you know, Quandre Diggs, City Jones, those guys. If if you can confuse Ben Roethlisberger, and that's the big key here, it's because Ben Roethlisberger's biggest problem, a lot of people say, oh, it's his arm. Oh, it's his, he's too slow. It's like, look, we all knew that he was slow. He actually can throw the ball pretty deep. He, he was, uh, he, he, he hit Deontay Johnson for, for like, you think he's hit him for 40 yards, 41 yards and 50 yards in back-to-back weeks for touchdowns. The arm isn't the problem. It's up here, Corbin. And what gets him the most is when safeties are flipping coverages and he's not able to see what they're flipping to. Now I will say this last week against the Broncos, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, he did a much better job in seeing what they were trying to do because they were disguising things all games and he wasn't biting on them. And that was impressive. But if the Seahawks can play mind games with Ben Roethlisberger, that's your best chance to keep him off his game. And if the Steelers, they can run the ball as much as they want, and they might even have a whole bunch of success in this game considering the Seahawks' problems there. But eventually, they'll have to take to the air. And if the Seahawks can create some crucial turnovers, I really think that that Broncos game, you know, the Steelers were able to close it out. But if Ben Roethlisberger threw two passes that really should have been intercepted by the Broncos' linebackers, if the Seahawks can capitalize on those kind of mistakes It'll flip the game in their favor and give them a chance, even with Geno Smith, to make some big plays. What are some concerns on that side of the ball for the for the Seahawks defense that you're really concerned about in this game? Where do I start? Oh no! Um, <laughs> as far as far as concerning matchups go, it's crazy that I'm saying this because I mentioned it earlier. This defense has talent. It's not like this is a defense that is barren and there's there's nobody out there that can make plays you've got perennial all pros and bobby wagner and jamal adams you've got some really good established veteran pass rushers like carlos dunlap you've got a rising youngster in daryl taylor the problem is that their corners are atrocious i think dj reed playing on the right side is much more comfortable and he's looked solid out there the last couple of games. Sidney Jones has yet to impress me in these first two starts replacing Trey Flowers. They had to make a move there because Trey Flowers was awful the first three games of the year. They had to make a switch, but they still haven't found the answers there. And so it's funny that I'm bringing this up because Juju Smith-Schuster is out for the year, but this is a testament to the Steelers' depth at receiver. Chase Claypool, Johnson, James Washington going up against Seattle's corners with the issues they've had giving up explosives and chunk plays this year, especially at the cornerback position. Not a lot of options behind the two starters that I mentioned. Ben Roethlisberger can still throw that ball downfield. This is a team that he can do it against because of the corners that they've got. So that is probably the most concerning matchup from my perspective, even without Smith-Schuster there still are weapons on the outside that can create plays downfield, can create after the catch. They can create with quick slants. These corners have not been able to cover anything in these first five weeks of the season. And so corners against the receivers, I think, is the biggest issue. Now, flipping the script a little bit, the Steelers have been much better on defense. They've got a ton of talent on that side of the football. The Seahawks, even without Russell Wilson, they got Geno Smith in the lineup, still have a bevy of weapons around him, an offensive line that I think has been better than what maybe the narrative has been out there. It looked pretty good on Thursday against the Rams. Who on that offense 
from Seattle's perspective, even with Geno Smith under center, concerns you the most for the Steelers' defense? I'm looking right at the top two receivers. It's got to it's got to be DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. One thing that has happened the Steelers multiple times in the last four weeks, uh, whether it was the Raiders, uh, the Bengals, or um, or the or the Broncos, they've been beat for deep balls. And, and and one-on-one deep balls that, that they really shouldn't have given up. Uh, yet you you had uh, Javar Chase toast uh, Akella Witherspoon. Uh, no, excuse me, he toasted James Pierre. Henry Ruggs toasted Akella Witherspoon. And then uh, you saw James Pierre get beat again uh, just last week by Cortland Sutton. And, and they're in one-on-one situations where, you know, the job of the man was don't let the guy get behind you. And, and those cornerbacks did. Uh, you know, the Steelers, they had a, they had Cam Sutton with a hamstring or, or excuse me, a groin injury. Uh, that they, that last week the sidelined him and that forced Pierre into more of a role where he had to play a little bit more and uh, he rebounded he got the game clinching interception at the end of the game uh, but the Steelers have been giving up some deep balls and that's been kind of the bane that's allowed teams to kind of either win the games or you know put them away or get back in the game uh, you know when it came to the Broncos so if, if I'm Jano Smith I'm looking at those shot plays I'm looking at those chances to like hey can I get a one-on-one outside with one you know just one of their corners and especially the number two corner and see if I can catch some a guy napping or looking in the backfield and see if my, my guys can make a play. Because, I mean, let's face it, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they're two phenomenal athletes. They get they, they, they When they get the ball in their hands, they're dangerous. Um, they're, they, they also they are very good at getting the ball in their hands. Um, so that would be a, a key concern if I'm the Steelers, if I'm the Steelers defense, you cannot let Geno Smith take the, the, take the plays where he's just throwing up a bomb, not where he doesn't have to read the defense. He doesn't have to say, Oh, you're in cover too. So I'm checking to this underneath pass, you know, five or six times a drive to move the ball down the field. If you get those chunk plays, it removes those things out of the equation and it makes life easier for a quarterback like Geno Smith. So that's the biggest concern here. If I'm the Seahawks, I look at those things on tape. I find ways to get my one-on-ones and I let Geno Smith heave that football. From Seattle's offensive perspective, I mentioned that the talent that the Steelers have on defense, there's a couple matchups that certainly jump out to me that could be concerning. I would typically, based on Seattle's past with their offensive line, I would typically say TJ Watt wreaking havoc would be number one, number two, and number three on my list. But I'm actually going to go a little bit out in left field here for my biggest concern. If Russell Wilson was playing quarterback, I probably wouldn't go with this matchup. But Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. one-on-one against Geno Smith scares the bejeebers out of me. I, you know, you got a backup quarterback that has not started the game since 2017. He did get some reps against a really solid Rams defense last week, but Minka Fitzpatrick is that defender that you can move all over the place that you have to account for as the quarterback. And Geno Smith has thrown quite a few interceptions dating back to his time with the Jets. He likes to try to thread the ball in there. I could see Minka Fitzpatrick having a field day in this game if Geno Smith does not play with the composure and the poise that we saw him play with last week in the fourth quarter. If he reverts back to what we saw earlier in his career and he had, he makes some questionable decisions with the football, especially if he's under pressure from that Steelers front, then I could see Minka Fitzpatrick getting a pick or maybe even two in this game. So that matchup between the quarterback on offense and the quarterback on defense, the playmaker Minka Fitzpatrick, really worries me. Certainly, he's a he's a heck of a playmaker. When you got a guy on defense that can fly all over the field, he hasn't really had those splash plays yet. Although he did have a splash play uh, taken off of him in the he had a he blocked a field goal and returned it for a touchdown against the Packers, uh, and then you know they called it offsides, and then they kind of look back and like, whoops, we shouldn't have done that. Uh, but 
uh, you know, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, he's kind of been lurking around. Teams have been avoiding him, you know, by challenging him deep. They've been kind of, you know, finding the different spots where he's not at. So very intrigued to see how the Steelers use him in this game and definitely against a, a quarterback like Geno Smith, not a starter, but a guy with a big arm on him. Yeah, keeping him, uh, keeping uh, – what word am I looking for here? Keeping track of him is going to be crucial for Geno Smith and I also think you got to know where TJ Watt is. To me, those are the two players in the Steelers defense that the quarterback's got to know at all times. Where is that guy? Because those are two real game records. And obviously, they've got some other really good players on defense as well. He's got to pick your poison when you're talking about Pittsburgh from the front of their defense all the way to the back. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your top spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the top source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. Whether it's football, basketball, boxing, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on Crossover Thursday, Locked On Steelers meets Locked On on Seahawks, and that means Chris Carter, myself, talking to Corbin Smith about some Sunday night football. Corbin, in this big matchup. The Seahawks need this game to rebound. You're in the competitive NFC West where you got the Arizona Cardinals and the, the Los Angeles Rams dealing, and you and you still got to deal with the 49ers. I wanted to I wanted to get you what's what's Seattle's path to victory? What's their key to victory that they if they do this one thing, it'll give them the best chance to to win this game on the road. I'm gonna go with the easiest key out there win the turnover battle. Mm. And that has not been something the Seahawks, they have not been turning the ball over on offense, really, to speak of at all. Russell Wilson threw his first pick of the year last Thursday night. Geno Smith threw one in the fourth quarter. Again, that was not his fault. But they have not been a team that has turned the ball over very much. They also haven't created many turnovers because that defense has been struggling mightily. But they have got to find a way whether it's getting to Ben Roethlisberger and forcing a fumble like he had against the Broncos, you know, getting some pressure and, and causing that to happen, or using some pre-snap disguises to lead Ben Roethlisberger into making a questionable decision with the football and getting interception, they're going to have to find ways to turn the ball over. And on the offensive side, with your backup quarterback, and again, Geno Smith had some issues in the past mm -hmm. turning the ball over, throwing interceptions. If he is able to maintain the football and play clean out there, not throwing picks, not fumbling the ball, even if they're not having a bunch of explosives like they normally have when Russell Wilson's under center, if they can sustain drives and they are able to not have quick turnovers to the Steelers, especially before they get to midfield, and they can win a, a possession game, so to speak, field position being key, and they're able to create turnovers that gives them their best fighting chance. I really think a lot of times that's the formula when you have a backup quarterback in any way. They should feel confident they can score some points because I think Geno Smith can move this offense, but they can't turn the ball over, and they got to find a way to get a takeaway or two on defense. If they're not able to do that, I think it's going to be really difficult with a backup quarterback in to be able to win a game like this. 
it certainly would be a challenge. Uh, you know, turnovers are a key factor in any game. Uh, Steelers only got one. It was at the end. Of, it was at the end of the last game, and that was what closed it out for them. Um, so you, you need to take advantage of your big plays, especially like you said, when a defense like the Seahawks is struggling the way it is to you know get stops and teams are getting yards. How you fix that is getting turnovers. I mean, you know, I know we're going in the way back machine here, Corbin, but those Saints and Packers teams that were winning Super Bowls in the late 2000s going into the 2010s, they were you know, statistically of the worst defenses, but they led the league in turnovers created. That was how they were able to sustain those years. So I definitely feel you on that. For me, the biggest key for the Steelers is running the football. They finally found some success. Najee Harris was was getting that was getting touched, you know, after he got to the line of scrimmage, allowing him to make guys miss. This guy's a phenomenal athlete, Corbin. I keep telling people, and, and not just a phenomenal athlete, but he comes off like a phenomenal person. When I talk to him at the practice facility, he seems so not just mature, but just confident in, in himself enough to be honest with you when he's talking about things like there's times like uh, when the Steelers are getting ready to play the Bengals and uh, you know former Steeler cornerback Mike Hilton signed with them and you know I asked him like hey how much have they talked to you about how much that he gets involved in the run defense and he was like I mean a lot but what wait he used to play here and I thought he was messing with me. I'm like, ah, get out of here, Najee. Like, you know, it's like, no, they've been saying his name all week. And it just occurred to me that that's why they're saying his name all week. And it, but, but like him having the, just the kind of the confidence to say those kind of things. That's how uh, just impressive as a young man is. He's like, hey, when he doesn't even know, he admits he doesn't know. And he kind of laughs at himself and just keeps him moving. Uh, but on the field, he is so dangerous with his feet. He, he, he's he's huge. He'll run through you. He'll run around you. He'll stiff arm you. He'll run past you. Um, and he's just getting started. And this offensive line, you know, uh, and, and we, we asked him after the after the Broncos game, we said, hey, you know what? You know, what's making the difference now with the offensive line? He simply said experience. And he talked about how he's like, the more you guys talk about us not playing well, the more we work to play better. And he's like, we're getting we're getting there. So for me in this game, the Seahawks defense struggles against the pass and the run. But if you're able to effectively run the football, make it second and five, second and four instead of second and eight. That's going to allow this offense to kind of get into the situations that favor Ben Roethlisberger in less predictable passing situations where he can work the short passing game and let Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington make plays with the ball in their hands rather than having to go further down the field and catch those deep balls. So I'm, I'm going to say the running game, it opens up a lot. If they get that going, that's going to be what allows the Steelers to kind of get going. And if you get that running game and they get on the board early and you force Geno Smith to say, hey, the pressure's on you to make some big plays, that's when you can try to get more turnovers out of out of a, out of a, a less, less experienced quarterback than a Russell Wilson. So that's my big key to the game here. But Corbin, we've been going back and forth about the matchups and what we're seeing here. What's your prediction for how this game ends up Sunday night? The Seahawks are two and a half point favorites right now, which I'm kind of trying to wrap my mind around with <laughs> Russell Wilson not starting in this game. Obviously, Seattle still has a ton of weapons. They played really well in Pittsburgh last time they were there. Historically, though, they have had issues playing at Heinz Field. They've really struggled there. The way the defense is playing right now, I can't see them just suddenly turning things around overnight, even though this is not the most dynamic of offenses that the Steelers have. I can't see them turning things around enough overnight for this team to get the victory. I think Geno Smith is going to do enough on offense. I just I can't trust the defense to pick things up enough for them to actually win. So I've got this one actually being 30 to 24. I think the Seahawks are going to keep it interesting. I think Geno Smith can score some points, but ultimately I think the Seahawks' defense is going to continue to be an Achilles heel that's only going to be magnified by the fact that they don't have Russell Wilson under center. 
I'm kind of with you on that score. I'm going 31-21 just because, and in favor of the Steelers because I think that that run game is going to come in handy for them. You know, I, I do think that Geno Smith can hit on some of those big plays. DK Metcalf, one of the better receivers in the league, Tyler Lockett, you know, an underrated guy. I, I think if, if the Steelers the cornerbacks aren't able to to keep those guys in check, that'll be what gets the the offense going them for them. But I just I look at this at this Seahawks defense, and you know, I still have a, I have a ton of respect for Bobby Wagner. I think he's one of, been one of the best off ball linebackers of this last generation. But it's been really tough to watch the Seahawks and be like, man, uh, and I think that you're not that you're not going to be able to move the ball on these guys. Uh, the Steelers got a younger offensive line this year where they emphasize we want to be physical. This is going to be their chance to kind of show that physicality. They'll be in front of a home crowd in this game. They'll have the the you know the the Sunday night lights on top of them. I do think that they they get a little bit of the ball rolling on offense with Najee Harris, and that's what allows them to get this win. But we will see Sunday night at Heinz Field. Stay tuned for the Locked On Steelers and the Locked On Seahawks podcast as we keep you abreast of all the things getting you ready for your teams. Corbin, this is always fun, man. When we get to do these, uh, you know, we did this like what a couple years ago when, when the, when the Seahawks came to Heinz, Heinz field, uh, we did this over this, over one of the summers when you were asking about BJ Finney, you know, you know, before, uh, you know, before free agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That didn't work out. Um, but, uh, you know, but you know, these are always great when we get to talk football, man, I appreciate being able to do these shows with you. Let people know they can find you, follow you and get more of your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can also also check out all of my written work at the Seahawk Maven, SeahawkMaven.com. You can follow Locked on Seahawks, lock, Locked underscore Seahawks. So you can find all of my work at those locations. You can find me, Chris Carter, on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can read my, all my work at DKPittsburghSports.com. Listen to me on the Locked On Steelers podcast, just like you listen to Corbett on Locked On Seahawks. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and, of course, YouTube. If you come across this video, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share these channels with your friends. We appreciate it when you do. That stuff helps out, not just our individual shows, but the entire Locked On podcast network. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be giving you our final breakdowns before this game on Friday. Friday, getting you ready for Steelers Seahawks Sunday night.